0: Hello, my friends, and welcome to this, another episode of the Brother royal Football Podcast. My name is Josh Norris, joined, as always, on this Tuesday morning waiver Wire episode that we do our very best to keep the 20 minutes by he himself, John Anthony Daigle. Diggle, how are you?
1: Not Anthony. Uh, if you would, <laughs> if you would like to know, you don't care, but it's actually Reagan. If you,
0: I knew heard. that. Oh, I knew that. I, I oh, I cannot believe I'm going to beat myself up tonight. John Reagan Daigle rolls right off the tongue. I know it's super uh, southern. However,
1: I will say it's a good week. If you have been conservative to this point, congratulations. Also, there are some diamond in the rough this week that I think are going to help us immensely to get through bye weeks.
0: Yeah, it, it was a. Major week in terms of players making things happen in relief of other players due to injury, due to missed time. Um, and we also just had some flat out breakouts. But before we get to that, Daigle, as always on the show, I want to mention that we were recording this during halftime of Monday Night Football. And that even means this week, Daigle, before Tuesday Night Football. Yeah. What this is the shortest turnaround ever. For a waiver column, a waiver podcast, because people, depending on what happens tomorrow night when we're recording this, during Tuesday Night Football, we could have some names in a span of one hour that need to be at the priority list of your waiver wire.
1: So expect tomorrow night, just to let everyone know, as everyone knows, I usually do the update and have it out around uh, 9 p.m. Eastern, 10 p.m. Eastern. Expect it to fall likely at the end of the game tomorrow or at halftime if something crazy happens like an injury. But there will be the initial column in the morning and then the update per usual later that evening.
0: Always trying to give you more work. That's exactly what I try to do is set you up for more work, John Daigle. It's the world out to get you. All of this is just so you have to update the column yeah, at like bosses, 11 p.m. tomorrow. The
1: bosses will be out to get me if I try <laughs> to take till 4 p.m. again. So.
0: Uh, again, on this podcast, we start off with the drop list, players who you should just cut ties with. Does't matter where how early you drafted them. It's time to move on and we're here to hold your hand along the way. I see a Cincinnati wide receiver on this list at the start, Dagle, and it is AJ Green, who had one target that was intercepted this past weekend and he showed no effort in trying to stop the interceptor, the defender who had the ball and then mysteriously wound up on the sideline for the remainder of the game.
1: There were some people I received pushback from with uh, Mark Ingram and JK Dobbins last week. I do not expect to receive pushback on AJ Green who reaggravated the same hamstring he injured in camp. He had only seen a 14% target share anyhow in weeks three and four. And now with T Higgins more involved moving forward and A.J. Green's role in this offense, just dropping weekly. You can move on happily and be done with it.
0: Yeah, I don't want to be done with this entire Bengals offense. I think they look like cool. garbage this weekend. And, you know, in many cases where they've had negative game script, they've still been able to produce. But this was one of those outlier performances where Joe Burrow just looked completely overmatched. And we know that offensive line is going to be overwhelmed often on Sundays. The other name you have written down that you gave me is Titan Tyler Higbee. Now, Tyler Higbee started off the season with three touchdowns. His role in this offense seemingly has dropped off each and every week. But, Daigle, we ask ourselves this every single week on the preview show and on roto Live noon on Sundays. While we are frustrated with a lot of these tight ends at the position, who else can you turn to? So my question is why Tyler Higbee is the one who's going to get dropped of this group, whereas so many other tight ends have underperformed as well. Who can
1: you turn to is a good solution I've been thinking about. We mentioned Austin Hooper, for instance, on the latest recap pod. Mm -hmm. And I would think I want to start Austin Hooper over Tyler Higby moving forward. You mentioned the three touchdown game he had against the Eagles. But recall that even Logan Thomas had a big day against the Eagles. Every tight end just goes against Nate Jerry and has a huge day weekly. But... In all his other four contests, Higby has not exceeded 40 yards and has not scored a touchdown. Practically been useless, right? And has seen the past three games, eight targets to Gerald Everett, seven. So mm. I don't have any confidence starting Tyler Higby moving forward, depending on your waiver wire, of course. If there's no one else available, you look down and you see, like, uh, let's say Tyler Eifer, for instance. Of course, you keep Higby in there, you hope for the best. But he's become essentially boomer bust and a low end tight end two weekly.
0: Good context right there. Once again, John Daigle's column will be up around lunchtime, probably after because we know he needs a little bit of food to finish it off, get that little boost of energy just to wrap up that column. Let's get to the pickup list, John Daigle. the ad list. And we have to start with Andy Dalton, who I'm sure out there will be the number one ad in two quarterback leagues, in super flex leagues. Andy Dalton is available in every single Yahoo league out there. Tell us what you think and how this offense is going to develop differently under Dalton as it might have with Dak Prescott. To be clear, I would not unload the clip
1: as I will have in the suggested fab box tomorrow in the column or today, depending on when you're listening. Uh, and I would not use the number one waiver priority on them in a Ooh. one quarterback league. Mm-hmm. However, on the surface, I looked at, started researching, and it shows the Cowboys have the toughest projected remaining schedule for the rest of the season. But then you dig a little further and you notice that it's actually opened up in that time. The Cardinals, for example, Monday night's opponent, just lost Chandler Jones for the year. So we don't expect Dalton to face too much of a pass rush in that game. The Eagles have not been an overwhelming opponent this year, just a median defense. Uh, The Cowboys have yet to play Washington. So they get them twice over the course of the rest of the season. And recall that Washington has actually led the league in explosive plays allowed through the air. Mike Hilton, Pittsburgh's slot corner, mm-hmm. continues to get bullied, and he'll be matched up against CeeDee Lamb. And then the 49ers are completely banged up on the boundary. So outside of Dallas's matchup against Baltimore later on down the road, uh, I think Andy Dalton is a viable, a formidable pickup unless someone, let's say, like Justin Herbert, who was last week's number one streamer on the column, by the way, as he tears up New Orleans' lack of defense, unless Justin Herbert's out there.
0: Yeah, you know, we never used to talk about two quarterback leagues often on the show mm-hmm. and at roto but it's become more and more prevalent, I think, out there. Superflex leagues, for sure. And as you discussed, I mean, he's going to be a priority in that. And it makes sense. I mean, we've seen Andy Dalton, and whatever your opinion of Dalton is, in this offense, he can be very serviceable. And I don't want to compare it necessarily to what we've been calling Pittsburgh's offense, That's it's too big to fail, But with these three receivers and maybe even a fourth and Cedric Wilson, plus the running game of Ezekiel Elliott, there's a lot of options around him, a lot of good explosive skill position players. However, Daigle, I am nervous about this offensive line with Mm -hmm. Andy Dalton behind it in comparison to Dak Prescott behind it. Because while neither is a statue back there, I just absolutely had more faith in Dak behind this deteriorating offensive line than I do Dalton.
1: I agree with you. Having said that, I am in a few of the Football Guys Championship Leagues, the high-stake leagues, where I have DAC. And so I've been going back and forth on this. And I think at the end of the day, out of, let's say I have 850, 900 FAB remaining, I think I am going to put down 551, 601, somewhere around there to replace DAC apples to apples. Uh, So that's where I'm at with it right now.
0: Let's go now to Chase Claypool. Chase Claypool was one of those breakout players of Sunday I've been excited to see Chase Claypool's role grow throughout the season previous to this game in week five. He basically had one stellar play per game. And then he goes out there and runs, what, over 75% of plays, 73% of plays with Deontay Johnson suffering a back injury early on in this contest. As I discussed with Kyle on the recap show, Daigle, the special sauce is out of the bottle there's no way that Steelers can put it back in the bottle, right? Like Chase Claypool is here to stay.
1: Yes, but Deontay Johnson, that's the thing, has been banged up the past two weeks. So if Deontay Johnson returns, are you extremely confident in starting Chase Claypool? The good is that he was used inside the 10, inside the five, being purposely matched up against... A uh, bad opponent like Nate Jerry, for instance, who we just talked about. That's why we liked Eric Ebron because Chase Claypool got that same matchup. But they were using him specifically in uh explosive situations. So that's the good. The bad is though that of course his involvement with Deontay Johnson has been extremely minimal. But the past two games, a route on 74% of Rothsberger's drop dropbacks, a 37% slot rate, which takes away Juju from the slot a little bit as well, and 15 targets these past two weeks. So He's the player I want among the receivers we are also going to discuss over the course of this pod. But also, I don't know if he's a confident, let's say, wide receiver two if Deontay Johnson suddenly cleared.
0: Yeah, you know, I'm not asking necessarily to be a wide receiver two even though he put up, like, you know, 39 points. I, I think this is the type of fantasy waiver dilemma and question that we kind of get ourselves asking throughout the season. Like, every single week you can pick up a Zach Pascal. Every single week, you can pick up a Hunter Renfro, a Cole Beasley. I can keep going down the list, right? Very rarely does it come around where a Chase Claypool-type talent is out there who has like a growing, we hope, opportunity in front of him. Because if he continues to run routes on 73% of Ben Roethlisberger's throws, then you're going to get a player who has a much higher ceiling than anyone else that we've picked up on the waiver wire this year. And that's a potential difference maker who's available in 83% of Yahoo Leagues right now.
1: I agree. Uh, That's why I'm chasing his ceiling among the players we are going to talk about, but I mean, you need James Washington to be obsolete for Chase Claypool to potentially hit weekly. And maybe that's not what we're trying to chase here. Maybe we're just chasing the, the weekly ceiling, but just accepting the floor that comes with that role as Steelers, potentially fourth receiver.
0: Let's move on to another wide receiver who had a big, big game. It was against those Pittsburgh Steelers. It is Eagles pass catcher, Travis Fulgham, available 97% of Yahoo leagues out there. He was the one who beat up Mike Hilton in the slot. It's crazy. He's like, I think over 6'3", but was just finding, like no one was covering. No one could see him. And this is a name that we've seen not pop up this year. Uh, The Eagles are to their sixth wide receiver, yet Fulgham had a fantastic day on Sunday Daygol.
1: Everyone cites the comeback story for Folgum since he was cut from the lines and land with the Eagles. I'm not shocked that Matt Patricia did not know how to scout a wide receiver for himself, but Folgum showed up and was clearly the best receiver available. That is my concern here. The good is that per established runs, Evan Silva in his base basement over wine earlier, Travis Fulgham leads the league in yards per route run, apparently. But the bad is we still have Alshon Jeffrey and Deshaun Jackson coming back likely within the next two games. And Jalen Rager, they said hopefully available by week 10. So maybe week 11. So how much would you want to pay for Fulgham? And do you think will he, he will stay on the boundary because that's where he ran a majority of his routes, uh, when Deshaun Jackson and Alshon Jeffrey who played the same role come back and that's kind of what we're juggling here because even Jalen Rager although he was a tertiary player he wasn't being heavily used in the slot right um he's going to continue being used all over so I I'm a little bit concerned about Fogum to be honest
0: yeah I don't know if this type of player would have hit if it wasn't for injuries to Deshaun Jackson Jalen Rager even Dallas Goddard and we've seen Zachers game completely fall off a cliff. I don't know. Every, every time I watch one of these Eagles wide receivers have a big day. I just go back to one of those three players that I just mentioned and just wish they were healthy for the second year in a row because they'd be having so much more opportunity. Uh, let's keep it going and close out this wide receiver trend. We have right now. Daigle, we see all Sammy Watkins go down with a hamstring injury. Um, it, it's reportedly going to keep him out for multiple weeks. In his absence, we've seen Michael Hardman step up. We've seen Demarcus Robinson set up. You know, it wasn't the best Chiefs performance, but we always want pieces of that offense. Give us your thoughts on both of those names.
1: Demarcus Robinson ran 20 routes to Mikkel Hardman's 18 in the second half without Sammy Watkins. Robinson had four targets, two catches for two yards. And Hardman had three targets, two catches for 50 yards. And I think that's what we can expect here. Both of them to share the role and Robinson to lead in targets, but Hardman to potentially lead in production as he continues to do. Remember, in the three games prior to this contest, he had actually outscored Sammy Watkins averaged two more fantasy points per game on 73 fewer snaps in that span. He's a very explosive player. His yards per route run increases by two yards when he plays in the slot as well. And now Sammy Watkins is gone. Hardman ran 61% of his routes from the slot this past week, not a season high, but the second highest rate of the year. And so I would expect he sticks there heavily now while Robinson budges to the outside. Uh, So also he will be a hit or miss player, but he's so explosive. And of Mm -hmm. course, he's not playing with Ross Berger like Claypool. He's playing with Patrick Mahomes. So I do love getting in on both of them, but I will have them ranked Hardman over Robinson slightly.
0: Let's close it out with the running back pickup of the week. That is Alexander Madison of the Minnesota Vikings. Was it a groin or hamstring injury for Dalvin Cook that kept him out of that game? A hampered groin. Amper Gorn. Anyways, Alexander Madison, we know the Vikings spent a mid-round pick on him prior to last season in games that Dalvin Cook missed. Alexander Madison did step up in that role. Now, then he went out and Mike Boone had to step up for him. But that's a story that we hopefully don't have to get to because what we saw on Sunday Day when Cook went down was Madison dominating the backload or excuse me, the backfield workload over Mike Boone.
1: Uh, he outsnapped Mike Boone 43 to 5 and he outtouched him 23 to 2. The question is, how much are you willing to spend on a on a top 12 player for one week? Because that's likely all it's going to be. Remember, the Vikings actually hit their bye in week seven. So even if Alexander Madison is 75%, I don't see why they would roll them out against a winless Falcons team who's completely riddled with injuries throughout their defense. So I actually expect Madison to start and Dalvin Cook to be inactive. Again, though, you're paying for a RB1 for one week. So you have to look at your team, know what you need for wins, ask yourself, is that worth it? And then to essentially own only a handcuff in week eight moving forward.
0: Let's close it out with deep cuts, John Daigle. Some people might have none of these players available outside of any Dalton. Who should those people be looking for on their waiver wires this week?
1: I mean, there are a lot of them. They're just not pretty is the issue here. Uh, <laughs> let's start with our boy who had 11 targets and 23 yards. Uh, the fact is, if you're in a 14 to 16 team league and you saw Chris Hogan get carted off, that means Jeff Smith's going to stay in the same role that afforded him 20 targets the past two games. They are 20 bad targets, but they that was 20 targets the past two weeks. So you perhaps take it and move on. Darren Fells, if Jordan Aikens is out, ran a route on a season high, 71% of Deshaun Watson's dropbacks, got a touchdown. And honestly, if Jordan Aikens was out, I would start Darren Fells over Tyler Hedby. Uh Kendrick Bourne, because... Trent Taylor was benched after four snaps this week. And this pool of wide receivers that the 49ers had bundled at first has dwindled down to only three players, Debo Samuel, Brandon Ayuk, and Kendrick Bourne, because Dante Pettis is also healthy scratched. So literally no one else matters except these three guys. Again, these are deep cuts. So Kendrick Bourne with perhaps CJ Beathard, a little shaky, but the people like it. Um, Irv Smith. Season high in targets and route runs. Stop. You're it. shaking your head. No, we're not going head. there. And then uh, one I think is actually really good. So the good thing is Chris Conley, if DJ Shark is out, will lead the team in targets. The bad news is Chris Conley will lead the team in targets. So take that for whatever you want.
0: Yeah, those were very deep. Might just, you know, be a time to just avoid all those players. Do you have a
1: week. suggestion? You usually have the Joss Norris deep cut of the week.
0: You no, know, I was actually one of the 17% who already has Chase Claypool on their roster. That's in I, the NBC Sports.
1: I, I I am too, by the way.
0: Yeah, that's in the NBC Sports uh, A-League. You wouldn't know anything about that. But, Daigle, go that's for. why people have to go check out your column. It's up around lunchtime on Tuesdays. And, again, there'll be a short little update, if necessary, at the end of Tuesday Night Football. Daigle, good job. We'll be back on Wednesday evening with Patrick Darty, Denny Carter for their episode. So for John Daigle, for Josh Norris, up the Villa. Talk to you all soon.